Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Guys, you heard it coming in. Key, J, Ben Simmons, back surgery, needs three or four months of rehab. It's a, uh, It's been reported as a micro-dissectomy, uh, I believe it's called, to alleviate pain from herniated discs. Now, I had this same thing, L4-5-S1. I did not get surgery because was told, in, you know, you want to postpone that as long as possible. But even, guys, just to walk again after my discs herniated, it took a couple weeks of bed rest followed by six weeks of pool therapy, walking back and forth in, like, belly button deep water, like, in a a pool, like, just for 20 minutes back and forth before I could even really get around. So, like, I... It's this is a big deal for a guy to for an athlete at this age to get this surgery. To me, that's a big deal. It's a massive deal, Max. And look, that, that's on. We're discussing the physicality of it. We're not even talking about the mental side of it, right? Because there's still a barrier for him to get work through on that aspect of it. But I mean, you're sitting there, you're thinking as the Nets. All right, this guy was just in a position to play a couple of months ago, and now he's going to have surgery that puts him out. Now we're in May. You know, like three, four months, you're talking about all the way until August, September. I mean, that leads right into training camp. So, you know, how do you work him back? And it's not like he's a smaller guard. This guy is 6'10". Like, that sides. Like, that's a long way to get down for who was a defensive player of the year. And, Max, being a defensive player of the year, you're down in the crouch like, uh, stance for a long period of time. Uh, you wonder, when, when does Ben Simmons get back to that elite performance kind of style that he was two years ago that's gonna be a big question yeah jay but was he really in a position to play or was he trying to play did they think he could play did they take a look at it and it flared up or it was some some discomfort there and they shut it down i think a lot of people grabbed on a hold of oh he he's doing layups and he's around and and it looks like he might play because people assume he's gonna play but yet and still he was never really ready to play I just wonder if the Philadelphia 76ers, when they made this deal for James Harden, knew that there was some something up with the back and they just never said anything. They just kind of, you know, brushed it under the rug, so to speak. And and now Boston is stuck holding the back um, because clearly he couldn't play, man. He just clearly he could not play. Yeah, I I think that's probably right. I I think that the 76ers did probably think that there was something there that they probably maybe didn't disclose all the way. I, I think here's the one thing for Ben, though, and this is what hurts his case, Key. And I, you know, him listening to the people around him, advising him, I think him, the lack thereof at that situation hurt him in this situation because he went on TV and did an interview talking about how much he can give this team right now. 
and about how he could be inserted into the lineup and about how he was going to come back. Got out over his skis. Exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's but, what but hurts him when he – But is that more the having optimism that I can do it? I think I'm going to be okay in a week. I think I'm going to be okay in a few days. Is that more that than yeah. I can play, then all of a sudden I can't play it because I don't want to key, play? Key, Jay, it does seem to me what Key just said, Jay, like there's – you know how everyone says there's a difference between being hurt and injured, right? Yeah. That if you're trying to do that mind over matter thing, and you guys can tell me – Right? How often is it like I'm sure playing football, key, J, basketball to a lesser degree, but the same sort of thing? Because it's not full contact, but you can easily hurt stuff. How how often do you have to say this hurts? But let me not give in to that. Right? Let me do mind over matter here. I'm not actually injured. He may have thought Jay. Maybe he thought he was hurt, but not injured. But it turns out if you have a herniated disc, from my understanding of this surgery is. They remove part of the disc, and, and it makes the pain better, and it's usually successful. But uh, the, the, the risk is that uh, you, you're going to need a second surgery at some point, like in the not-too-distant future. So uh, it's – I don't know. It feels like a – I mean, better, I guess, than spinal fusion or something like that that, that decreases mech flexibility forever, right? But this is a very big deal. Like, we have to see what kind of player he is when he gets back. You know – Max, I've been injured, mm-hmm. and it turned out I was hurt. Uh-huh. But I fought through it because I just – it was like, okay, I'm just going to – and it hurt like hell, and I did everything that I could do to get on the field. But at the end of the day, I wind up having to have surgery at the end of the season to fix it. And I'm thinking maybe Ben Simmons felt the same way, and then he realized, you know what, I can't afford to go out here – and injure myself even more. Or he's just being honest, Key. More. They're asking him questions, and he's being honest. How do you feel today? Actually, today I, I it guess, feels like this. And they're like, well, it shouldn't feel like that if you did that. You know you, what I mean? You, you know how I am, man. I guess I'm really sensitive when people start bashing or attacking one's character as a player when the dude is really hurt. And people are questioning if he's really hurt. And clearly – He's hurt. The dude's having surgery. So now you don't hear any of those people who attacked him early on when he got to Brooklyn and didn't play against the Sixers. You don't hear anybody saying nothing now. And then you don't hear anybody saying anything about when he was supposed to play in the playoffs and didn't play. Now that now that all of a sudden he has to have surgery, you don't hear nobody saying nothing now. But they you, ain't you saying, know. oh, well, nothing. No one's saying anything. Uh, and that is sensitive to me because – you got to get a man the benefit of the doubt. Let's be honest. Key, I hear you, but this is where the conversation is going to go. And I, I'm just – because we've been in the media for a long time, and I know somebody eventually is going to take it there with him. And there's some, there's some credibility to it. And the fact that back, back issues just don't come out of nowhere, Max. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is something that's been going on, it feels like, for a while. So Ben was able to get himself removed from a situation – Knowing that his back wasn't right, he's still suing for his money. So it's almost in a way people are going to feel like he duped Brooklyn into getting them there, getting himself there to inevitably say, now I have this surgery. Right? So it, it does add a layer See, onto Jay, how you do it. Key, I, I, I hear. I, look, Key, I, I, it may not be the reality, but some, some people are going to look for it that, be, that way to a degree. Unfair, I'm sure. Fair. I'm sure. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm trying to. Help us, Jay. I think I can. 
I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to try to go. I'm going to see if I can go. If I can go, I'll go, but I'm not sure. Oh, well, you know what? I can't go because I went too hard yesterday and it flared up. The treatment isn't working. Yep. Uh, you got to you, you know how this is, Jay. Can, can, I guess the real question comes down to I have to hear from Sean Marks or Joe Sy on whether they knew the back was an issue before making the deal. That's what, that's what I need to know. Now, the flip side of all this, guys, <clears throat> and I, time will tell, but I just looked up the numbers and, you know, a quick Google search, take it with a grain of salt, right? Apparently, uh, microdisectomy in the, uh, you know, in a herniated disc is 84% success rate, meaning good or great results over several years. Right. So let's say he falls into that category. Okay, it doesn't, you could ease, 16% is actually a large category too, where it's not such great results. But let's say he falls into the majority category, right? The larger category. And the next several years, he's okay. It worked, and he's basically Ben Simmons again. Well, that's great news for the Nets because in spite of what, you know, so much has been uh, focused in terms of what he can't do, but in other respects, he's like an all-time great. Like, he's an all-time worst shooter. He's one of the worst shooters we've ever seen who's a ball handler, right? Ever. But he's also an all-time great playmaker at his size, court vision, passer, handles for his size, defense, versatility. Like, he does a whole lot real well, Jay, if the surgery is successful and he can get back out there. Man, if the surgery is successful and he can get back out there, I mean, this is a team that's going to contend for a world championship. Because you can put that dude on the other team's best player, 24-7, 24-7, like he's guarding Jason Tatum every single possession. He's making life difficult for Tatum due to his size and his length. He makes the offense a lot easier. Like Brooklyn need, needed to play a lot faster because Boston strapped them up when they went into their half-court sets. Yep. And Ben brings that kind of push to their team from a pace perspective, and he's one of the most gifted passers in the game of basketball. Yeah, a lot, lot of pre- for a guy with a bad back, a lot of pressure on that back right now figuratively and – Literally, tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. By the way, when I say what I just said, keep in mind, too, that I'm saying that about a guy who is going through a mental health issues, right, too. Like, he's dealing with a lot of stress. The future is uncertain. Anyway, ESPN Daily Podcast is available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I wouldn't attribute any, um, you know, more significant weight to, you know, how we're going to, you know, how we're going to manage the roster or the quarterback room than, than, you know, other decisions that we face on a weekly basis. The Browns weren't willing to eat enough of his salary, and I think that that's really what this is going to be about going forward. Tishon, Jable, and Max. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we are joined now by Gerard Cherry of ESPN Cleveland. Good morning. Good morning, Max. How you doing, my man? Doing well. Great to have you. Uh, Gerard, I want to play something from your show yesterday. Let's listen to the sound of Andrew Berry, Brown's GM, on the Next Level show, ESPN 850 Cleveland. Here is Andrew Berry. You know, honestly, I, I think, all 32 general managers in the NFL would say that um, there probably is a moment in the year where decisions don't weigh on them. There's so much that just crosses the desk, whether it's on the roster or off the roster, that 
um, it really is more the the new norm. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute any um, you know more significant weight to you know how we're gonna you know how we're gonna manage the roster, the quarterback room, than than you know other decisions that we face on a weekly basis. Where uh, are the Browns? Do you think Gerard Cherry in the process of trading Baker Mayfield? I think they're in the game, but it's still in the infancy because they have to wait on other teams that have a sense of urgency to do something with Baker Mayfield. They've made a decision, obviously. When you give Deshaun Watson the most guaranteed money ever given to anyone, that tells you where they stand as far as Baker Mayfield being the quarterback here. It's just an issue. They probably tried it doing a draft with no success, but the thought, I'm sure, has to be, hey, at some point, someone's going to get hurt. At some point, someone's going to not look so good playing the quarterback position in many camps in training camp, and then people will be clamoring for Baker Mayfield. At least that's the hope. Gerard, there's been a lot of speculation amongst our guys here in the studio that there could be a possibility that Baker Mayfield could be the Browns' starter week one given the what happens with Deshaun Watson, although Jacoby Brissett is there. I don't personally see that happening. What do you think? I certainly don't see that happening. When you make the moves you made to bring in three guys to essentially replace Baker Mayfield and you've given the keys to the kingdom over Deshaun Watson, you can't take a team through that mental hurdle by doing that. It's a quarterback position. Now, if it was a cornerback, wide receiver, a tackle, a guard, linebacker, or whatnot, then, yeah, you could pull that caper off. But you can't do that with a quarterback. That's just like switching the head coach midseason, the leadership, the voice in command, and all those things that entail – have a part in that so you just can't do that so i'm fully with you key on that because you just simply can't have a guy doing that and if he plays well then what do you do put deshaun out there you'd be screwed so i'd say no that can't happen so let's dig even deeper into it what are your thoughts on the report that the browns refused to pay any of baker's salary while in talks to trade him to the panthers yeah, i can understand that because they're thinking hey there are 32 teams out there who have quarterbacks. He has to be at least in the top half of those. So with that 18.9 that he's owed, at some point someone's going to get desperate. At some point someone's going to have a sense of urgency and say, you know what, okay, what we got is not working, or we do have a chance of winning, but our guy just got hurt, or our guy is not as good as we thought he would be. So you know what, we'll eat that 18.9. It's just right now, it's the, it's the part of the year, you just had the draft, no one's desperate. And on top of that, Baker obviously came off of a bad year, but – as we know, when you have bad performances during training camp or guys get injured, teams change their approach to how they view a particular player via free agency or if trade. Already, if you're already on the hook, Gerard, for $18.9 million, why hold on to him? Why not just cut him and let him go on about mm-hmm. his business? you got to pay the money anyway. I mean, if, if no one gets hurt and you're in the month of October, you're now pushing in December, and you're getting nothing for him, why not just cut him and let him go, you know, and that way you don't have to continue to answer questions from media outlets about why Baker Mayfield is still part of the Browns organization. All right, I'm going to pose a question back to you from that question. Well, right now, obviously, the Browns as an organization understand that they're moving forward, but as a player, Keith, would you be in a locker room tripping off Baker Mayfield not being here anymore, or would you understand that this is Deshaun Watson's football team? Oh, no, for sure it's Deshaun Watson's football team. So there you have it right there. They understand it. They get it that, hey, we'll just be patient. We'll wait. It won't be a distraction in my mind because as long as you're not throwing the players off, and I don't even think the players at this point care because they realize what's taking place. They're going to see a change. That's why I think you can get away with it. I get what you're saying and that, hey, you owe the guy the money anyway. 
But if you know that you might be able to get something, I mean, this organization getting a fifth-round or a sixth-round draft pick in their mind is a big game. So I get why they're not doing anything. Gerard, you've been a part of Super Bowl championships, so you've seen it up close and what it takes. Can Baker Mayfield be a part as the starting quarterback of a Super Bowl champion, do you think? Consistent playing at a high level, Baker Mayfield certainly could be that guy. But the Baker Mayfield who's playing injured, the Baker Mayfield who is, has the pressure of I need to get paid on his mind and make plays, that guy won't get it done. But the Baker Mayfield who's just loose and going out there just enjoying the game and has a chip on his shoulder and has confidence behind that, yeah, that guy can get you there because he dang near did it two years ago. So What's Gerard, the perfect? What, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Jay. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. What, what, what do you think the perfect situation is for him? Like, where, 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 if you're a Baker Mayfield, where would you like to go? If I'm Baker, I'm trying to land in Seattle, if I'm Baker, because there they have a history of, okay, build a defense around me and let me repeat what Russell was able to do a few years ago. And I feel that on some levels that's what the Seahawks are in the process of doing again with this reboot, and I think that's the perfect fit for him. You're going to ask him about that. He can be the type of guy that rallies the troops and he can play football at a high level. they got weapons. But I think he needs to be in a spot where you do have some semblance of talent and not ask him to do everything. And they need to have a running game, too, because he can't do it all on his own. Look, the the, the Browns, they got Amari Cooper as the, the 1A wide receiver, and, and Jarvis Landry didn't burn down the building when he left the building. Could he return back to Cleveland for a second stint now that Baker Mayfield is no longer there and Deshaun Watson will be the long-term solution at quarterback? Jarvis is one of my favorite players on the Browns. He helped change the culture there, in my opinion, with the speech that he gave that they showed on Hard Knocks about him saying, hey, this receiver room is not going to be what it used to be known as. But I don't think he's coming back. And that upsets me and all that. But I understand that they also drafted Bell young man from Purdue with the mindset that, hey, he could probably do something in the slot. Not saying he's on Jarvis's level because Jarvis has always obviously put in work for a long time, but I think that ship is definitely sailed and they're going to move forward without him. Gerard Cherry, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us this morning, Gerard. Uh, thanks for having me. Sean J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. So uh, you heard what Andrew Berry said. Gerard show. Here's what Kevin Stefanski said on 92.3 in Cleveland. And this is a quote, guys. You know, I think the term we've said all along is fluid. And that's where I can only speak to May 3rd. And we're going to continue to try to work this every single day. It's just that's not the reality of where we are. So for me, for us, I'm just going to deal with it day to day. Key, what do you hear there from Stefanski? Well, he's not trying to damage it any more than it's already damaged in terms of what little bit they can salvage. If you if you heard Gerard Cherry there, they're trying to hold on to whatever little bit they can to get sixth, seventh-round pick, whatever it may be. And that's what I hear from Kevin, where it's like, yeah, it's fluid. He doesn't want to say, well, we're done with him. He's not our starting quarterback. He's out of here. Because then it's like, well, we'll sit and wait. But if he's just saying what he's saying, you might be able to steal a fifth-round pick. You may be able to. Yeah, I guess if uh, – I think if there's more than one team interested, right, Key? It may be worth a fifth-rounder to them, maybe absorb a little bit of the money. 
to to grab him instead of some other team. But who would those? You need two suitors for that to happen. Two interested parties. A two-time Super Bowl champion has some issues with Key's quarterback rankings for 2022. Uh oh. These are your these are your second-year quarterbacks, right? And what well, kind of I need to see who have? this two-time Super Bowl champion is, though. Two-time Super Bowl champion Key. His yeah. opinion is twice as important as yours. Yeah, I need to see who this person is. And infinitely more important than mine and Jay's. No Super Bowls. Hey, All I'm right. a champion, Max. Speak for yourself. All right. Well, then just me. <laughs> That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Quarterback. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. The podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn J. Will and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Which second-year quarterback will have the best season? Key has a list for you. Key, second-year quarterbacks, best seasons in 2022. It doesn't necessarily mean about throwing for 5,000 yards. Starting at six, Davis Mills, five would be Trey Lance if he plays instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, four, Zach Wilson, three, Mac Jones led his team to the playoffs a year ago, number two, Justin Fields with a new head coach in a new system, and number one, Trevor Lawrence with a new head coach and a bunch of toys to play with. That list flew by. Uh, Listen to (laughs) what Damian Woody tweeted. By the way, you know how you know someone's real smart when everyone says some stupid stuff on Twitter if you tweet a lot? I've been reading Damian Woody's Twitter. He never said a stupid thing the whole time. First off, challenging my list is stupid. First off, Davis Mills is too low. That's a direct tweet from Damian Woody who's never tweeted anything dumb in his life. Justin Fields at two? Nah. Okay, Key. He says Davis Mills is too low and Justin Fields should be not be at two. What do you have to say to that? Well, here's what I would say to that. Davis Mills is with Lovey Smith in Houston. When has Lovey Smith ever had a quarterback 
just light up the world. You got to remember, defensive-minded head coach is going to do some different things. In the terms of Justin Fields at number two, that's because the Chicago Bears are going to depend on him to do so much and put a lot on his back, his legs, and his arm, and I think he's going to show everybody that he's a quarterback that they went up to get, not with Matt, Matt Nagy, but with this new regime. Yeah, this is not a list, Jay, of the best quarterbacks. This is a list of who's going to have the best season, so their circumstances really matter. And along those lines, Zach Wilson, like everyone has to acknowledge, Teddy Bruschi was on the show earlier, had to stop himself from saying he's in the perfect situation. He's like, but they, they've given Zach Wilson a lot, I think, Jay. I agree with you. I just Sometimes I get confused with Key's list, the criteria sometimes. I just seems- laid it out to you. I can't, could you do it again for me? Because I'm confused with the other It's It's, it's not ba- – see, when, when people hear top this, top that, the first thing they go to is statistics, Jay. Uh-huh. It's all about the statistics. Yes. For me, it's not about a guy throwing for 5,000 yards. It's not about that. It's about his development. Where does he have his team? What does he look like? Like, Mac Jones was not the best – quarterback in the NFL last year he was only the best rookie quarterback because of the situation and the circumstances that he was surrounded and put in which was a veteran team with Bill Belichick he didn't light up the scoreboard don't let 68 percent completion percentage screw your mind up that's dinking and dunking although he made the right plays that they asked him to he couldn't win the games when they depended on him with his arm though yeah no I'm with you so but, but when it gets to Zach Wilson, though, don't, can't you say that the pieces that the Jets have gotten around him, considering the draft that they've had, that the upside feels like it, it warrants a higher position based upon what uh, you saw towards uh, the he, end of the season? Well, toward the end of the season, he played okay. Don't, don't get all like, jump, yeah, don't, don't jump up and down. He did okay based on what we saw from a rookie quarterback earlier in the year. There's no question about that, Jay. Here's my reservation, though. I don't know what 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 uh, Mike Lafleur is as an offensive coordinator. You you scared me when you went from the sideline to upstairs in a boot, and all of a sudden John Beck becomes the quarterback coach in the middle of the season. I, I, that scares me. On the other hand, Key, when you look at all these young quarterbacks in their second years, Trevor Lawrence' situation's about to totally change. He didn't exactly light it up year one. Mac Jones lost his offensive coordinator. Justin Fields' situation completely changed. We don't even know what Trey Lance is. Davis Mills ain't going to have anything around him. So I, I appreciate the Zach Wilson point, but I think you can largely say the same thing about all the other guys. What you can't say about all the other guys, though, not all of them, is same head coach, added weapons, and the yes. trajectory was on going in the right direction at the end of the year. And, Max, uh, even when it comes to fields, I don't know who Getsy is as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. I don't know how Iberflus is as a head coach in this league. And I'm watching Justin Fields that showed me signs last year battling for a starting QB one spot with Andy Dalton. But I don't know how he's going to be throughout a full year. Well, I want to know, Jay, from Key Key, do I detect a certain fundamental lack of belief in Zach Wilson in you? You know, Zach, Zach Wilson has to show me more than a, a, a four quarters put together over 17 weeks. He's got to show me a little bit more. He has everything around him now. 
okay, to be successful. They got young players. They got a solid offensive line. I don't know about Beckton, but whatever. Let's assume he's healthy, he's in shape, and he's playing. Let's assume Brees Hall becomes what they wanted him when they moved up to get him in the second round. So when you look at all of that from the offensive standpoint, now on the defensive side of the ball, they've added Sauce Gardner, okay? They've added Jermaine Jones, Johnson, not Jermaine Jackson, Michael's brother. <laughs> and so when you start to look at this team and the makeup of it, they have an opportunity to be successful and good. If they don't, it's because Zach Wilson is holding them back along with Mike LaFleur. If I had to forecast what the Jets are going to be, they're going to be a team with a lot of promise. And if Zach Wilson does anything that people think he's going to be, they're going to be a good football team. But if not, they're going to be a bad team because they built this team right now so that he can grow but Keith, and be successful. But Keith, being like part of the evaluation of the quarterback is context. I get it. But to Jay's point, like, like, like go, taking it a step further now from what Jay and you are talking about, it also comes down to the innate ability of the quarterback, not just how well you can coach him and the pieces around him, but do you think the guy has the stuff? When we look at Justin Fields, we go, I think he has the stuff. Trey Lance, I don't know. I don't get to see him. I, I, you know, whatever. Trevor Lawrence, I look at him, I go, that guy's got the stuff. Does Zach Wilson, does he, does he, you know, Mac Jones, you look, you go, well, he, he, they'll bring him along, right? I don't know. He's not the most talented guy in the world. I've seen, I've seen more bad than good okay. in his rookie season. Getting. I've seen more bad than good. And I'm right. being honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's care. what I'm asking. I, when I look at Justin Fields, I see more good than I did bad based on the situation he was in. I've seen more bad from Zach Wilson last year, and I did good. Right. And I mean, so what, what's the guy, what concerned. was the guy that came in there all of a sudden? Mike, was it Mike White was his name? I, yes. think, it was, yeah. I think that's yes. what it was. Yeah. Mike White. He came yeah. in there, and everybody wanted him to be the starter, right? <laughs> Why, like, he Evan all of a sudden white, Mike White in, jersey. All of a Mike sudden, White's he turned out. in. All of a sudden, he turned into the second coming of Dan Fouts. And they were like, <laughs> oh, my God, he's so great. Right? The, and then, <laughs> but, but Zach Wilson was in that same situation and didn't look good. Didn't look good. Yeah. That's all I could that's, go off that's of. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting from you. And and I got to tell you, Evan points out, and he's a rabid Jets fan. Rabid. That that Zach Wilson looked better and better as the season went on. Yeah. Tell your mind that if you want to. They got him a receiver. They got him a running back. They, they got him a defensive end. They, they got him. A, I mean, they got. A, they just got the guy a cornerback. They got. I mean, they got everything. And, and that's just in the draft. Like, look at what they did in free agency. Yep. Like people forget, Both we are so day to day. They helped them with a lineman in Lakin Tomlinson, who is actually. I, I think I read this. He is the oldest player on the Jets' offense. He's thirty. And Tomlinson's really good, by the way, left guard. And they got him a tight end, which he didn't have last year in C.J. Uzama. And they drafted another tight end in Ruckert from Ohio State. So they're putting everything around him. Like, if it's, if Zach Wilson fails, it's not on the Jets this time. Like, like, Sam Darnold failed because the Jets didn't put anything around him. If Zach Wilson fails, it is on Zach Wilson because he's just not a pro NFL Evan quarterback. Does key well, make that, you nervous. Is that, that a way to repeat everything I just said, Evan? No, I know. Evan, Evan, Evan wait a minute. Evan, Evan does key make you nervous? You does key make you nervous when his, when part of his ranking of Wilson that he has six second year quarterbacks? He's ranking how they think their second seasons are going to go. One is Trevor Lawrence, two Justin Fields, three Mac Jones, four Zach Wilson, then Trey Lance and Davis Mills. Does it make you nervous that Zach? Zach Wilson is four in spite of everything that we, you just took us through because fundamentally he was unimpressed with him as a, as a rookie. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not nervous at all. 
because I think that's the expectation that needs to be on Zach Wilson. I'd be more nervous if he had him number one. I think keeping the expectations low and the upside high for Zach Wilson in year two is important, especially in a city like New York. So I think the fact that Key has him four is better for Zach Wilson. I would be more nervous if Key had him number one. And that's not an indictment on Key. That's just where I think the expectations for Zach Wilson need to be going into the season. But I can't, I, put him, I can't spot. put him at one, Jay, yeah. because he's not better than Trevor Lawrence to me. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback in a really good situation with a coach that won a Super Bowl. So it's a different situation. I can't put him at... Two, because he isn't as talented as Justin Fields for me. Yeah, and I can't put him at three because I believe Mac Jones is in the perfect situation as he was last year to succeed again. And they went out and got Devontae Parker. So he sits at four with everything that Max and Evan talked about in the offensive system, putting things around him. And it will be his fault if he doesn't excel within this system. That's what I just but, said, but, Keith. That, that's, yeah, that's yeah, you got it. You guys are so funny. Anyway, all I'm saying to you is I'd much rather be at the four spot because of the upside and the lack there of expectations, whereas I get worried about Justin Fields' key, even though the talent's there, like the ability for him to be a savior for an organization that the cupboard looks empty to me, and he's supposed to surpass expectations. He can only go – I don't feel like he can get to number one. I feel like he'll trend towards more towards number five this year, whereas I watch the opportunity for Zach Wilson. I'm like, okay, I can see him trending towards – Three a lot of that, two. Jay, is because of how we perceive the draft. Like right now, the, the Jets are such big winners, or they look that way in the draft. we got to see how these guys play now. Well, the Lake and Tomlinson point is a great like The Jets, are, they have a real good infrastructure now. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Jay, explain this one to me because I'm going through social media and I see like LeBron versus MJ in a tequila battle. What's going on? Okay, so obviously LeBron has a tequila called Los Lobos, and Michael Jordan has a tequila that he's done called Sincaro. And these tequilas are a finalist for the Best Tequila of the Year Award. And it's easily translatable into the battle that people have. I know we've had it on this show. Max, you and I have had some battles with Kia Long, too, about who is the best player of all time between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So they're battling for the Best Tequila in 2022 award between Sincaro and Los Lobos. Key, it would be for some reason. Yeah, I I'm feel a tequila like a, guy. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the information that I gathered uh, on, what is it, Los Lobos? Yep, Los Lobos. That's LeBron. Lost. Los Lobos lost? <laughs> well, uh, 
<laughs> I'm just telling you, that's the information I got, man. All right, so Key Los Lobos is all, it's up for $51. San Carol is up for $120. So a lot of people are feeling that Lobos is way more affordable. It, I've had Lobos. It tastes okay, but I got to tell you, San Carol tastes a lot better. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, but, 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 what, is it a value thing, or is it just straight up who tastes which tastes better? How are they what? judging it? Man, what? usually – Usually in in everything in in the walks of life, Max, mm-hmm. the cheaper things are, it's probably not good. Yeah, right. But like I mean, I'm wondering, just, you know, do they factor that in? Like, well, for your money, it's better to keep. See what I'm saying? Yeah, but I I don't know. Like I said, the information that I got, I've never had it. But the information yeah. that I got, it was not something that people thought I would like. But <laughs> see, regardless of whoever went, if if Jordan loses. Nobody cares. That's the point. You somehow know, there's a lot okay, of pressure but on I LeBron tell you, here. I can tell you. I can tell you. Jordan is going to win just based on the presentation alone. Let me tell you why it's the so bad. The bottle alone. Fire. The bottle alone is going. He going to win. Let me tell you what's so bad. So Jordan's got the six rings, and Jordan never lost in the finals. All these things, the scoring average, all time, all the stats, the six finals MVPs, all that, right? His sneakers outsell LeBron's, like by five to one or something like that. Well, you can't first. lose, but like LeBron needs a win here. He needs like he yeah, needs I to. Think, I don't think I don't think he will win, man. If he won this one, it'd be a major upset. You know they got a bottle, Jay. Uh, uh, what is it, Sincor? They got a bottle, fifteen hundred dollar bottle, man, the black one. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I just saw it. I just saw it the other day, fifteen hundred bucks. Mm. Sorry. I got a lot of St. Curl at the house. I don't have any Lobos. Damn. I feel like there's pressure on LeBron, man. He's got, LeBron's got to – it's somehow bad if he loses this. I can't escape that feeling. We're back in 10 seconds. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We just did what we were supposed to do at home. We're so talented all the way down our, our rosters. Everybody's so confident and comfortable whenever they get out there. It's like you can, you know... Play tuck at the five, play tuck at the point. Gets it right back to Bam. He floats it off bottom of the circle, and he knocks it down, just raining it down. I feel like just having tremendous energy and, uh, you know, attacking the glass, you know, just trying to get those easy baskets. Keyshawn, J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speaker, 888-SAY-ESPN. Say ESPN, which second-year quarterback will have the best season? Key says Trevor Lawrence. Joining us now, one of the all-time greats, Vince Carter. What's up, VC? Good people. Good people. How you doing, man? How you doing? <laughs> We're doing hey, good hey, now that you're here. How are you, Vince? Uh, how you doing, doing good, uh, Mr. J. Williams? 
Good. You're doing good. Wonderful. Good, to, good to hear your voice. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Jay Will. Yeah. Vince, what's your biggest takeaway from the first two games of the Heat Sixers series? Um, you know, I, I think the expectations of us wanting to see Houston Harden, you know, I, I, that's one of the big takeaways. And, and my question when the trade happened was what? Where's the shooting coming from? Where are they going to get shooting coming from? That's the problem. You traded your elite shooter. And, and we look at Harden, Maxi, and Tobias, and they were four for 14. And then you look at Danny Green, Niang, and Korkmaz, who will probably be your three-point shooters, four for 16. That's eight for 30. So I, I, they're not making it any easier. Yes, James Harden doesn't have the first step and, and not like the Houston Harden that we know, but they can't go any other way to make the game easier for him unless – have a little ball movement. Get James Harden a live dribble on the second side. Start the ball on one side, let the defense shift to the other side, and then kind of let him work his way and draw fouls that way instead of just dribble, 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 try to create. Those days are gone right now. You know, BC, yesterday I was getting shots up and I was talking to an ex-NBA coach, and we were, we were talking about the Lakers organization, and we were saying how certain franchises, it just seems like they're always leaks. And how many conversations they had about keeping things mm-hmm. internal and how they had to build their bomb, mm-hmm. but there are always leaks, like self-sabotaging to a degree. Mm-hmm. And it makes me yep. think about culture. And I know we talk a lot about Harden and the 76ers, but, man, like the more and more I watch the Miami Heat, I think to myself, is this the best culture in all sports? Even when Jimmy Butler and Eric Espo got into their little spat, right, and that broke out on Center, he shut it down right at the post-presser. Yeah. He said, oh, we are yelling about where we're going to go have dinner tonight. And it was over. It was did it. We didn't hear about anything when Braun and D-Wade were in Miami going out. It was all about business from Pat Riley to Mickey Arison. What do you think about Miami Heat being the best culture at all sports? I know it is in the NBA. I agree with you. It's, it, I think it's one of the best. I mean, definitely in the NBA and – you know, you know, a lot of guys, everybody's not built for the culture and the expectations and, and what what is expected as a Miami Heat employee when you wear that uniform and what you have to go through. Because a lot of guys have said going through there, it's hell going through it. But that's just what is, is expected. Just like going to San Antonio, you know what you're going to get. There's no BS. You're going to get better. You're going to develop and they're going to do it their way. You know, when you think about this, when you look at when you're 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 bringing in new GMs constantly, you're bringing in new coaches constantly, you never have consistency of what the culture will look like. Well, think about that. San Antonio's had their coach for a good little while, a long while, and Miami Heat has done the same. And So you think, if you look at some of these organizations in, in, in professional sports that has their culture established because their coach has been there, their GM has been there, and it's been established and it's understood, when you bring new coaches in, they're trying to establish what what the, their culture is supposed to look like and what they want it like. And, that, and that's the difference. So, VC, that leads to the big question of the day. If you had to select what player you rock with today that can help you win a championship Ooh. right now, if you had to choose between James Harden or Jimmy Butler, who are you taking and why? Right now, today, I'm, I'm probably going to take Jimmy Butler because of the intangible. He brings you everything. Yes, he's not the dynamic scorer that James Harden he still is, really. I mean, he's not like – I'm not going to use what. Let's not, still is. I think James Harden still is a very good basketball player. It's just we just expect more from him. But Jimmy Butler can score. Jimmy Butler can put up 45. Jimmy Butler can guard anyone. And he brings it to the table. And it's no-nonsense basketball. And, you know, we're coming from a different era where, you know, that's what it was, like – 
you know, playoff time and understanding what needs to be done, the approach and how you should t- treat the game because it'll treat you that way. Well, we're seeing that. So guys who don't take this seriously, they get bit in the butt later on. Jimmy Butler, his approach has always been businesslike. And it, it translates throughout the locker room and the organization. So I'm taking Jimmy Butler right now. VC, is this a year for Chris Paul to get the chip or are we going to see another disappointing Ooh. end to the season? I, this is this is this if if they're going to do it this is the year key I, I, and I and I think because he's playing at another level and the thing about it is you look at Chris Paul when does he when does he really have his explosion in the fourth quarter when they need him he he's the facilitator getting everybody involved yeah I know I got scores I know I got guys who need to get shots and get Crowder going Crowder had a big night and you know Devin Booker he's our scorer but but, but fourth quarters when they need a bucket or two, Chris Paul delivers. So if they can stay healthy, they, hey, they, it's going to be a tough one. It's, it's all about matchups, Keith. I mean, you know, I mean, last year we thought Phoenix could win, but they just ran into a monster in Milwaukee. So it's all about matchups. Vince, when you look at the Mavs and and Luca. He is, you know, incredible at his age. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, mm-hmm. I can't help but to notice guys like Brunson have big games when he doesn't play, right? And he really Absolutely. needs guys to step up when he does play. Is that something mm-hmm. he's doing? Is that more on him or is that more on his so, teammates? So I, I did, I did a, a, a Milwaukee-Dallas uh, game and, and talked with Jay Kidd. And that's one of the things he said. He said, Luca has to trust his teammates. And and now that they have Spencer Dinwiddie, another guy who can get a bucket, because he had he had a, a nice couple of nice games while Luca was out. He has to trust them and understand, kind of like with Chris Paul, you got to get your guys rolling, so the game is easier for you late in the fourth. Because yeah, he can score whenever he wants to and get big numbers, but Luca scoring thirty five and you still losing by twenty, what, what does that translate to? Nothing, nothing. So you have guys on your team with potential, but nine points, three for twelve for Brunson. 11 points for Denwood, what, 3 for 10? Like, those guys are important to the success of the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, Luka is important, but Luka's going to do what he's going to do. He has to make, take the onus to say, I got to get my guys rolling so the game is easier for me in the fourth quarter. Not the game easy for me in the game. Throughout the game, it has to be easy for him in the fourth quarter, so that means you need your other guys, your others, to play well, and he has two guys that can play well to help make the game easier for him. BC, if Dallas was able to go out and get Bradley Beal, how do you think that would change things in Dallas? It it, it would be great because you have another score, but Luka will still now have to kind of let go of the reins a little bit and allow Bradley Beal to be Bradley Beal and work together, and it, it can work. I hear you. Go ahead, Max. All right, thanks, Vince. Vince Carter, ladies and <laughs> yeah, gentlemen. Could Luca pair with LeBron? That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM. Luca to Channel LA. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.